sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Well, good morning and greetings in Jesus' name. Everyone gathered here this morning. It is a joy to be assembled with you all and to worship with you. Good to see some here who've been missing for a, a bit. Um, the Lord bless each one of you all. May grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied. And I believe that can be done this morning through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Grace and peace multiplied to us. This morning for a message, I have, um, I have the subject and the title taken from a passage of scripture. And the title is, In Honor Preferring One Another. That is both the title and the subject. In honor preferring one another. And that's taken from a verse in Romans chapter 12. And so we're going to take a look at what that means. It is an admonition and instruction, if you will, that... Uh, teaches us how we should live one with another. In fact, it uses the term one another. So this is how we relate to each other. Um, recently had a request to teach on relationships. Well, this is one aspect of it, a very fairly narrow aspect, if you will, but one that is quite far-reaching and has a lot of effect If we were to look at some of the chief doctrines and instructions in the scripture, we know that, that one of them, one of the highest ones, is loving our brother. And another one that's uh, very important in God's eyes is that of humility. And in this topic here of, in honor, preferring one another, we have a merging of those two. We cannot really do justice with this topic without considering that of love and that of humility. And this puts the two together in one aspect of what it means to, to live together in, in peace and in harmony. 
it uses the word honor. And the scripture tells us to honor all men. It's a general, broad principle, honoring all men. And it tells the children that they should honor their parents. Well, again, this narrows down a bit that term honor and gives some definition to what it means to honor. Just one aspect of honor. So if you want to open your Bibles to that text, Romans chapter 12, we're going to reference several other verses here. And the entirety of that one verse is number 10, verse, uh, chapter 12 in Romans, verse 10. It says, be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love in honor preferring one another. Now I think all of us would like to be appreciated and loved in the brotherhood. And if we so appreciate that, then we should be sure that we ourselves are loving and kindly affection toward my brother. And look first of all to myself before I criticize my fellow brothers for not loving me or thinking of me as they ought to consider myself. Have I showed myself an example of being kindly affection one to another with brotherly love And then he adds this definition in honor, preferring one another. I'd like for us to think of that this morning as one way that we show that we are kindly affectioned one to another is if in honor we can prefer one another. Now if we look into the meaning of what is or what he's trying to say here in honor, preferring one another. What does it mean to prefer one another? Well, if you look it up in the Strong's Dictionary, uh, fairly brief, it just says giving deference to others. Well, what does deference mean? Webster's Dictionary gives this definition, deference means a yielding of opinion, submission of judgment to the opinion or judgment of another. Hence, regard, respect. And then he kind of gives an example here. He says, we often decline acting in opposition to those for whose wisdom we have a great deference. That gets right down to some pretty practical things. We often decline acting in opposition to those for whose wisdom we have a great deference. When we have respect or are willing to yield our opinion. 
submission of judgment to the opinion or judgment of another. Now I think it's quite revealing that the context here is being kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love. And brotherly love is a, is a broad subject and it has many aspects. We, we know the scriptures where it says that we should lay down our life for our brother. But what exactly does that mean? And how do we lay down our life? our brother. Well, here is one aspect of that. One practical detail, one, one specific way in which we can be kindly affectioned, we can lay down our life for our brother, is yielding in opinion. Submission of judgment to the opinion or judgment of another. Well, yes, we say that certainly we will do whenever they know better than we do. But there's the problem, perhaps, when we're not sure that they know better than we do. Perhaps our opinion is more important. Well, let's look what the scripture says. And I would say in this context here in this passage in Romans chapter 12, there is a lot of practical details on how to dwell together in love and unity, uh, relationships if you will. It talks about being many members in verse 4, we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office. So we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members one of another. And so on. But I'd like to suggest this morning that this matter of in honor preferring one another, or giving deference to others, to others' opinions, yielding, to their opinion, is something all of us need to exercise ourselves in. It's not something that we were born with, that yielding of our opinion. We rather learn this, and as we take on the mind of Christ, we are able to yield our opinion even. Now we, probably all of us in our innermost being, we have a desire to be a great example for, of Christ. We want to be Christ-like. We would even like to do great things for God and for Christ. And that's all right and good. We should aspire. We need to have goals and visions. But as you go through life, you, you begin to realize more and more that the greatness of Christ is in taking the low road. It's not that we're going to be this great uh, orator or great missionary or we're going to do this marvelous work for God so much as just yielding our life as an example of what it means to walk with God. 
and that example to our family, our children, our spouse, our brethren. So in honor, preferring one another begins with humility. It begins with humility. And in this passage, in verse 3, it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And then further... Uh, He repeats that in verse 16. He says, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. So this begins with humility. We need to take on in our mind a mind of humility. And that will season how we relate to each other. And it will particularly relate to our ability to honor or prefer one another. Yielding our opinion, giving deference to them, as perhaps having the wiser idea. For I say, this is Paul writing, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Interesting how he relates this receiving of grace to this of not thinking of ourselves more highly than we ought to think. And the tendency is always there to think ourselves to be puffed up in our mind, to consider our own opinion to be of a bit more value perhaps than it ought to have. And therefore it becomes easy to brush off other people's opinion or even to submit to the judgment and opinion of others. So it starts with humility. And then next step, it is maintained by thinking of others and not of ourselves. Others, Lord, yes, others, let this my motto be. While I have lived for others, I shall have lived for thee. And if we can think and keep that in our focus, thinking of others... Not thinking that we are less than others, particularly, but thinking more of others than we are thinking of ourselves. Now, while that's a very lofty ideal, let's just remember this is something that we have to practice and maintain. On a daily basis. This is not a once and done thing. It's something we have to continually corral our mind. Keep it uh, under subjection to Christ. That we might think of others more than ourselves. 
So in honor preferring one another, it starts with humility, it's maintained by thinking of others and not ourselves. And if we can keep those things in their proper order, then we have taken uh, the major distance, if you will, of this preferring one another. Now let's look at specific areas in which we should be preferring one another. And in, when I say preferring one another, uh, there's a, it's, it's like a, a whole mindset. It's a spirit that we carry with us, a, a, an attitude, a, a, um, just kind of an air about us, and maybe, maybe that gives the wrong impression, an air, it's kind of given an exalted view, but, but what I'm saying this is, this is just the character that we demonstrate, clothed with humility. We're not quick to assert our opinion. You probably are familiar with the, um, I don't even know what to call it, just kind of a, almost a humorous uh, thing about not uh, acting like you know everything. You don't act like you know everything because that's obnoxious to those of us who do. Oh, well, okay. So that kind of makes a poke at our tendency to think that we know better than others. You see, we, and we're so quick to see when others are, have an elevated opinion of themselves and and it just doesn't sit well. Well, here's a question to just challenge our thinking a little bit. Are we content to just stay quiet when others give the impression that they know everything? Is that? Or do we have to insert our uh, superior knowledge? Well, this matter of honor, let's talk about honor a bit because it starts in childhood. The scripture says that children are to honor their parents. And we're very familiar with that passage in Ephesians chapter 6 where it says, Children, obey your parents. Then it says further, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So, children are taught to obey their parents, do what the parents say, but there's a step farther and that is honor. Honor, when you honor your parents, you don't even talk back to them. That's what that means. When you honor your parents, you're not talking back to them. You're not arguing. When mama says something, you say, yes, mama. And when daddy gives you instructions, you say, okay, daddy. Yes, daddy. I'll, I'll do what you say. Even if it doesn't suit you very well. That's what it means to honor your parents. 
Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise. And that goes with you as you grow up. And even as you reach maturity and beyond, you can still honor your parents. Don't project as though you know more than they do. That means not arguing, not talking back. Honor thy father and mother. And children, that equips you very well through life to prefer one another in honor because you have learned how to subject your opinion and your ideas to that of your parents. And it can transfer to the right character in relating to our, our peers and our brothers and sisters in church that we are willing to yield our opinion, submitting our judgment to the opinion of others. Okay, that's the first specific area in which this honor and preferring one another is evidence. It begins with children honoring their parents. And secondly, toward those who are older. And this would apply to anyone at any age. There should be a deference, an honor, a preferring of those who are older than myself. In the scriptures, they, the term elders is used, and it uses it both as those who are advanced in age, beyond others, or older. It is also used as a responsibility or a position. It refers to as uh, the church having elders ordained. Now, there is a very close connection between that advanced age and the responsibility or position of an elder. But first of all, there should be a respect for those who are older. The, in Proverbs it talks about giving honor to the hoary head, and it, especially to the hoary head that's found in the way of righteousness. There is an honor that goes with that advanced age. And we need to be especially vigilant on that one because... Our culture does not, um, not promote that. Our culture seems to be so enthralled with anything that's young and youthful and new and fresh and it shows a distinct lack of reverence or respect for that which is more advanced in age. But as Christians, the scripture is very clear that we should give honor to those who are older than ourselves. In 1 Peter 5, 5, it says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Here, specifically addressing the difference in age. Then it says, Yea, all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. Now, he does say that we should all submit ourselves one to another. But that's prefaced with the idea that specifically there should be a respect of the younger to the older. 
Ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. And then he mentions this thing of humility. Be clothed with humility. So if you want to be clothed with humility and express humility and take on the mind of Christ, then let this be evidenced as one aspect of humility, that you respect those older in age. That relates also back to the first point about children honoring their parents. You think you know better than your parents? Well, sometimes those um, older children tend to think, oh, I know better than my parents. My parents are old. This is a new generation. Things are different. And all those thoughts come in, but the scripture tells us that there should be honor and respect for age. So there's also respect for those who have a position as elders. And again, I would say there is a close link between the concept of those older in age and those who have a responsibility as elders, those who are appointed as teachers or uh, preachers. In 1 Timothy 5.1, where it talks at length about elders, it says, Rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren. And then further in the passage, it also says that you should not receive an accusation against an elder, but before two or three witnesses. And then he says further that them that sin, which it appears to be referring to elders, rebuke before all. Now if we just put that all together, he starts out by saying that an elder should not be rebuked, but he should be entreated as a father. Let me just say there is a difference in an older person rebuking a younger There is a time for a father to rebuke their son or daughter. Now, it needs to be done right in a Christian spirit, but it is not appropriate for it to be done the other way around. It's not appropriate for a child to rebuke a parent. It is not appropriate for an elder to be rebuked just boldly and outright Because it says here, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. Now the assumption here is that there are times when an elder, and it could even be a father, has done something that is not good or not right. Maybe an error. They may be in the wrong. But there is a right way and a right spirit in which this needs to be approached. As a child, you can make entreaty to your father. You can entreat him as a father. And he's using that example as an illustration of how to approach an elder in a church. You don't just rebuke him, but you entreat him as a father. And then it says, and the younger men as brethren. 
And so there again, there is a temperance to that rebuke, even to your peers, that it says, as brethren. And so there's that sense of togetherness. We're, we're in this together. Uh, we are of one kind. We, have, we are like-minded. I have the same struggles that you do. And so there is this sense of togetherness even in our rebuke. If it's necessary to rebuke a brother, and he says here the younger man, perhaps these are even younger than yourself, your rebuke should be tempered with a kindly approach that says, you know, I'm considering myself lest I also be tempted. And when someone comes to you with that attitude of humility, then even a rebuke can be heard and received. In honor, preferring one another. So we have, just reiterating the points here, we start with children toward parents. That's where it should be evidence that there is an honor. And then we looked at the principle of elders, those who are older in age. There should be a respect for that age. And there is an assumption there that they have the greater experience and the greater knowledge. And they should therefore have the greater respect. And then that also is similarly applied to elders, those who have a position in the church as responsible for the guidance of the church. And he gives some instruction on how that's to be done, similar to what you would do to a father, one who is more